Man, there is something unique, though, about uh, the, the Christmas uh, season, the birth of Jesus, when you consider the impact that even it has on, on culture, even if you just think about the music. I mean, everybody gets in on Christmas music. I mean, everybody has a song, whether that's uh, Bach or Handel or Charles Wesley or Justin Bieber. I mean, everybody wants, everybody wants in on this. And so everyone is singing about this truth about, uh, about Christmas because there's some truths that you can't just talk about. You really do have to sing about Right? So, like, if you win the big game, it's not enough to say, hey, we won the big game. It's like, you got, you know, bust out queen, we are the champions. I mean, there's got to be fanfare, there's got to be something huge, you know, on your wedding day, you know, there, there's songs, there's, we're going to the chapel, we're going to get married. We're, or yesterday, my, my little daughter, Josie, she's seven, she was the one up there who almost fell. And, um, and she, she has a, her salary is $2 a week, all right? And so that's where she's at economically. And so, but she's, she's uh, taking care of the neighbor's cat, which she would do anyway. Well, yesterday she found out that they left her $30. When your salary is $2 a week and someone gives you $30, you can't just tell people. You got to sing. That's what she did. She's like prancing around the house yesterday talking, singing. She made up a song about $30. And so... If you've never heard of a song about $30, you should talk to her. And that's the way Christmas is. Um, you can't just talk about it. You have to sing about it. And it's, everyone sings about it. But why do they sing about it? Well, whether they know it or not, it's the day that heaven invaded earth. And, and Jesus coming um, to invade our world. When ultimate joy came to earth. When ultimate peace came to earth. When ultimate love came came to earth and in in Christmas is the one Christian holiday that everybody uh, wants to get in on even people who are opposed to um, Christianity they they want in on this holiday now they don't want anything to do with Jesus but they want in on the Christmas spirit I'll say it this way they they want the principles of Christmas but they don't want the person of Christmas and I want to talk a little bit about how that doesn't really work out too well because when you take on the the principles of Christmas that we so desperately want they're very elusive we think that they're right there but they're elusive so so things like joy and peace and love I mean sadly during the Christmas season it, it can be uh, not just a red and green season but it can be a blue season it can be a it can be a sad season uh, and maybe that's what you're experiencing this this hype and this euf- this euphoria gives way to Depression. I mean, su- everyone knows suicide rates are the highest during the holidays. Consumerism, excess, greed, they give way. And there's this massive January hangover as everyone realizes what in the world they just did. And um, today I want to talk about not separating the principles of Christmas from the person of Christmas. And so I want to talk just a little from the verses that... Um, you know, the crew up here, they, they so wonderfully uh, memorized and, and said to us, I just want to talk about two verses. And so if you have that little uh, handout, you can follow along in the verses. I'm just going to read two verses, uh, verses 9 and 10. And this is what it says about the person's Christmas. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And, and really, when we first hear about this Jesus, we have the same initial reaction as the shepherds, which is, 
you know, you know, who is this guy? We kind of shy away. We withdraw. There's fear that comes into our hearts. This, 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 this person who's, who's, who's ha- who puts a claim on our life, who has these exclusive claims. You know, who is this Jesus? And the angels are, in, you know, like, hey, relax. Fear not. This isn't, he's not coming to take something from you. He's coming to give something to you. This is, this is tidings of good news and great joy, great peace. This will be for all people, all people, people in cities and rural areas and suburbs and in the west and in the east, conservatives, liberals, everyone. For unto, today, for to, unto you this day in the city of David is born to you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this is what everyone's singing about, that a Savior has come. Now, I want you to notice a couple things. One, I want you to notice that God became a human and not a human became God. He is Savior, not will become Savior. Now this is massive because, and this is what's known as the incarnation, that that God took on flesh, that, that God became a man. Not a man became God, not a man became Savior, but he is Savior. He was he was born to us. It's not like God looked down. This is what a lot of times we think. You know, God looked down and like, that is the one. You know, he's Jesus. He's the one who's finally doing everything that I want someone to do. And so I'm going to make him Savior. No, he, he was Savior and he became a man. And this is huge for us. Um, for those of us who are Christians, and I know many of us would say, well, I'm not sure. Or I, I know that I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm not sure. I know that I'm not a Christian. Well, this is what Christianity is. Christianity can, can be boiled down to what I would call place-taking. Place-taking. What everybody's singing about, what everyone's all excited about, is that Jesus has come to take our place. Now, if you've never thought about that, this is why does he need to take our place? Well, the Bible talks about something called sin, which isn't just breaking the law. It's not just doing the things that, you know, some moral abstraction code or whatever. Um, That's not what the essence of sin is. The essence of sin is that we want to take God's place. It's not that we would lie. It's not that we would murder. It's not that there'd be violence or, or uh, terrorism or whatever. That's not the apex of sin. It's not just some... It, it, the apex of sin, the essence of sin, is that we want to take the place of God. And what's so amazing is that God's response to that isn't, well, I'm going to show them. God's response to them is they want to take my place. So I am going to have to take their place. On our behalf. Now you're thinking, well, why does he have to do that? You know, I'm a, you know, you, you know there's some other people out there who are bad who may need some help, but I'm, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. So how, how does this work out? Well, I get that. But if you just kind of, not, just don't even think about the Bible for a second. Don't even think about the Ten Commandments or the Golden Rule or whatever, anything like that. If We all have a standard of how we think life should be lived. And so what I want you to think about is not how you judge yourself because... We're pretty nice to ourselves. Um, I want you to look about how you judge other people. You know, every time a car goes racing down our street, they're only supposed to go 25 miles an hour. Uh, they're, they're going like more like 250 miles an hour, more than 25. So every time they go really fast, I wave and smile on the outside, but on the inside, I'm like that jerk. I've got kids, and they're going to like, they're going like, to, who, who are these, who do they think these people, who do these people think they are? But every once in a while, I'll have something really important I need to do, some place I need to get to really quickly, 
And, and I'm very aware of every, all my surroundings, and I might go a little fast. But when I do it, it's nuanced. I have a reason for it. But when other people do it, it's like they're out of their mind. They're crazy. They're bloodthirsty. They want to hurt my kids. They're, there's something, you know, that's why, you know, we have horn, uh, horns on our car. So we, we, I think, so what you can't think about how you judge yourself, but think about how you judge other people. What, here, let me say it this way. Imagine there was a recorder tied around your neck, and the only thing it recorded was every time you said, they oughta. Every time you said, you know, people should do this. People should live like this. People ought to be like, you know, uh, about what honesty, fairness, compassion, generosity. Because that's what you really believe about how life should live. Anytime you said, well, they ought to do this and they ought to do that. And people should be like this and they shouldn't do this and they should do that. Now imagine if you took that tape recorder at the end of your life and you played it back. Would you be able to live up to that standard? I know I wouldn't. There's a lot of things I say, people should be like this, and I'm not always like that. The truth is, we can't even stay on a diet. I mean, we can't, like, we, we, have a tr- we have a difficult time even matching our own standards, much less the standards of God. And the reality of Christmas, and this is why everyone sings about this, is that he takes our place. He lived the life that we owe, and he came to die the death that we owe in our place. And the only way that he could really, really do this is if he became a human. And that's what happened on Christmas, is that he took on our flesh. Not just the outside of it. So it wasn't just Jesus had the exterior, the appearance of a man, but, you know, inside, you know, he ripped open, you know, like Superman underneath. But he took on the entirety of a human being. He took on a human nature. He took on a human psyche. He took on human emotions. He relied on the same resources we rely on. He relied on food and water and air and sleep and Netflix. I mean, he, he like relied on all the things that we feel like we need. So he was hungry. He was tired. He needed friendship. He felt compassion. He felt anxiety. Over his own death. He experienced everything. He was perfectly human. In fact I would say he was more human. Than us. Sometimes we can be inhuman. What does it mean to be inhuman? Well it means sometimes not to have feelings. It means all of us despite our personality. We're not always compassionate. We're not always empathetic. He was perfectly compassionate. He was perfectly empathetic. In every single way. We'd like to think of ourselves as being compassionate. We'd like to think of ourselves as being empathetic. And so it's really easy to look back in, in history and be like, oh, those people or those people or those people. And they should care more. They should love more. But they're, they're, we're, we don't always care. We don't always love. But he, he, was, he would have been, like if he, he was in the 50s, he would have sat next to that African-American woman or the African-American male. He would have ate with them when everyone says you shouldn't eat with them. He would have been with, in the 80s, he would have been with the victims of HIV when everyone, and sadly the church, pushing them aside, judging them, showing no compassion, showing no empathy. He would have had ultimate empathy and compassion. He would have compassion with those today. 
He would have compassion to uh, NFL players, anyone else who'd want to stand up for social justice and say, man, I'm, I'm empathetic to the way they feel. He also would have had lunch with, the, you know, the, the one Trump supporter on a liberal college campus. He would have sat by them and he would have empathized with them as well. See, there's, all the group, there's some group in society, there's some person, it's a boss, it's a group of people that we would, there'd be one group that we'd reserve a lack of sympathy or empathy for. Jesus was so human, he felt everything that we would ever feel, even some of you. The anxiety you feel, maybe you feel this pressure to provide for your family. You feel this pressure, you feel that anxiety, he feels that, he's empathetic. Some of you have these secret addictions that nobody even knows about. Addictions to pain medication, addictions to other drugs, addictions to pornography. And the shame that you feel, he sympathizes. He's empathetic. You see, we often view Jesus as someone who's coming to get us and someone who's coming to judge us because that's what we would do if we were him. If we were him, we would judge. If we were, because that's what we do, we judge other people. We look down at other people who don't meet our standards, but if we're honest, we don't even match your own standards. But he comes, he's empathizing. Wherever you're at this morning, the pain that you experience, he empathizes. He was more human than any of us. He felt pain, he felt fear. The spear that went inside his abdomen felt like what it would feel like if a spear went through your abdomen. The crown of thorns that was pra- placed on his head, it felt like just like it would feel to you if a crown of thorns was placed on your head. The nails that went through his hands and his feet felt like just like if nails went through your hands and feet. But even worse, when he was mocked, he felt it more than we do. When, we, when he was rejected, he felt it more than we do not because he was inhuman, because he was more human than anyone who's ever been. He was perfectly human. He was fully man. He had to be fully man to be our place taker. But he just wasn't fully man. He was fully God. If we don't just see him as being also fully God, we won't see how the value of his death as being infinite. Look whose blood who was shed. The Apostle Paul says to the Corinthians, he says that you have been bought with a price. What is the value of that blood? What is the value with the blood of Jesus? It has infinite value. I mean, we're all looking at Bitcoin, just like, man, I wish I would have bought it, you know, yesterday, because look at it now. It's this, I don't even know, it's $20,000. More than all the Bitcoin out there is the blood of Jesus. So valuable, it was able to pay. It is able to pay for your treason. For you not living the life that you think you should live, paying that price, but living the life because you wanted to take his place, Jesus Christ came and took our place. It's when you take this truth about the person of Christmas that you really begin to experience the principles of Christmas. The things that we really want, the, the surfacey things, the, the, the joy, the peace, the light, you know, the love. The Apostle Paul says that, you know, if, if Jesus is for us, who could be against us? He said that, that we can have a peace that passes all understanding. When there's conflict all around us, threat of nuclear war, 
politics going all the wrong way, you know, bank account going the wrong way, job going the wrong way, kids going the wrong way. How could he, if you grab a hold of the person of Christmas, you can have the principles of Christmas. And it's the only way, it's only by grabbing a hold of him. This is what makes Christianity utter, utterly unique. All the other religions minimize the founder and maximize the principles. In all other religions, the founder or the prophet was really just a means to the end. It was, he you know, this prophet or founder uh, showed us a way. And then so the conclusion for many people is like, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe as long as you're happy, as long as it gives you peace. Because we shouldn't make too much about the, the person of the religion. It's the principles of it. But this is what makes Christianity utterly. See, Christianity is way more realistic I mean, like I said, you and I can't stay on a diet. How are we going to like match these principles that some, you know, amazing man put together? It's like the, the law. We can't do it. No one can. And Christianity says there's no way you're going to get there. You know, sometimes we think that. It's like, you know, God puts, you know, it's like God put our life on eternal layaway. And we just have to, like, pay it off one bit by bit. But the more we... And we, every time we go see our balance, it's not getting better, it's getting worse. But Christianity doesn't point to the principles. It points to the founder because it says there's no way you'll ever, you'll never live up to the principle. So he sent a person to take our place, to be our place taker. Jesus said, he didn't say, I will show you the way. He said, he was the way. And he took our place on Christmas. Now that's something that we're thinking about. He took our place. The treason, the response to our treason was not our head on a guillotine, but it was his body on a cross. We should have received justice, but we got love and mercy instead. So how can this be true for you? How can you experience the, the joy and the peace that everyone's singing about, the love of heaven, the joy of heaven? Well, you know, a lot of people think that, that heaven and earth are like two totally different places, distinct places, and there's some truth to that. Um, but one of the things that the Jews, would, Jews taught and, and still teach is that, that, that the place where heaven and earth intersect is the temple. That's why the temple is so big among the Jews because it's where heaven intersects earth and that's where you go to find peace and joy and happiness. And Jesus came along and he says, I am the temple. And now in Jesus, because he is the temple of God, he is the place where heaven and earth intersect. He is the place where eternal joy, peace, and love intersect with our earth. And it's by receiving this person into your life, become entering into a relationship with Jesus, having him really come and live inside you by his spirit. And when he lives in you by his spirit, heaven in you, your earth intersect. And you don't just have these lofty principles to live up to, but you have someone who's come and said, you'll, nev you'll never be able to do this on your own, so I'm gonna take your place. My response to you trying to take my place is I'm gonna come and take your place. 
I've died for you so that you can have this new life. And these principles that seem so elusive that we forget about in just a few days can be ours, can be ours and eternally so that the next day, the next day, the next day, can we can live in utter peace and utter joy.